This is Brian Rollo, and welcome to episode 69 of Lead with Impact with Bill Kersiger. I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now, I've left my 9 to 5 job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with Impact. Hey there, and welcome to Lead with Impact. This is Brian, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. We have a really intriguing episode coming up with a very special guest. But before we get there, I would like to take a moment just to thank you for being part of this community, for listening to Lead with Impact and supporting it. I truly appreciate it. And if you can find the time when you are next at your favorite podcast provider, if you could take a moment to like, subscribe, download, that would A, ensure you never miss an episode of Lead with Impact. We have some more great episodes coming up. And it would also help us as we continue to grow. So if you can do that, much appreciated. And also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a listener, what do you like about Lead with Impact? Uh, Do you have thoughts about some of the things we have talked about? Do you have ideas for future guests, people you would like to hear me talk to? Or... Are there topics you would like me to address in my solo episodes where I talk more about leadership directly and some of the principles I use to help leaders and organizations? If there's a question out there that you are dying to find the answer to or a problem that you would like to hear discussed, give me a shout. You can find me at brian at brianrollo.com or just go to brianrollo.com. You'll find ways to contact me there. Much appreciated. Now, Let's shift focus over to our guest. Today we are going to be talking to Bill Kersija. Bill is the owner and founder of Professional Success South. That is a professional sales training and business consulting firm. So we are going to be talking today about sales. We're going to be talking about communication. We're going to be talking, I think, about the concept even of selling yourself uh, in a uh, career vision versus selling a product because those are some of the questions I get a lot. Now, Bill tries to bring knowledge to as many people as possible through his business and he also has his own weekly podcast, Get Focused with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. So I will ask him about that later, something also you should go check out. So without any further ado, let's get ready to talk about selling, communication, and building your career with Bill Kersija. Bill, welcome to the Lead with Impact podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I as well as as excited as you are. So, Maybe we could start off with you telling me and our audience about your specialties. And I know you are a specialist and an expert in sales and communication. So how did you get started? How did you become interested in sales and the skill of communication? So, you know, 
a lot of it is hindsight, right? So while you're going through things, you don't necessarily recognize that, okay, oh, wow, this is the direction I want to go. So, you know, I have to kind of rewind to my high school days, right? And, you know, I was, I was the, I liked getting along with all my friends and hanging out. But when it came to school and things like that, I just wanted to get through to class. I wasn't big on raising my hand or contributing because I didn't want to not have the right answers in many different forms. But ultimately, you know, the, with the knowledge I have now, it was I just didn't know how to communicate my feelings, my thoughts, uh, what I wanted to communicate. I didn't know how to go about it. Right. And, you know, we're taught math and English and science in school, but we're not taught the principles and and what it really means to communicate and 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 everything else. Right. So I transitioned from you know, to school, went to college a little bit, just wasn't the right fit. And I I joined the military. And throughout the military, I was there for eight years, I learned really disciplined process, paying attention to details, right? And I found it very satisfying. I I loved the, the discipline, the process of it. I loved knowing what was expected of me, what what I needed to do to reach those expectations. You know, almost to a sense, we use the term in in our world as micromanaged, right? But uh, we look at that as negative. But I I found peace in that while in the military, right? And again, I didn't really realize that until I transitioned out and entered the world of retail sales, specifically automotive sales. So I went from a world of discipline and expectations and into a world of chaos with really no discipline at all. And, you know, the expectation was you need to do better. And that was the expectation, right? There was no actual reach this goal or so on and so forth. You just had to do better. So I, I loved the discipline that I had learned and I applied that to sales. So pretty quickly, I, I, I moved up the ladder to the position of management and you know, eventually running stores, so on and so forth. Then over the next 10 to 15 years, I was in the retail side of the house. Now, about five to seven years ago, I transitioned out to what I do now in the business that I run. And that is focusing on coaching, training, and just really teaching sales, but with the twist of learning how to communicate first, right? And because ultimately we think of sales as a product and a consumer and how do we marry them? Uh, but it's really not. It's the communication between the person that has the product or service and the person that's interested or may not even know that they're interested at that point in that product or service. So that's really what brought me into the world of studying and, and evolving and teaching and training um, how to communicate, which in turn increases your ability to sell. So I don't know if that answered it directly, but, you know, it really it really has been a, a long journey and still continuing to evolve at this point. It's fantastic. That answered my question perfectly. <laughs> now, when I think of communication, it brings up one picture in my mind. And to me, at least, and I might not I don't think I'm the only one when I think of sales, it's sort of a different picture. And I think when most people hear the word sales, it 
is much more of a fearful and anxiety producing <laughs> word than communication. So why do we look at those so differently? Because that's that's we base our our feelings, our thoughts of things on experiences. Right. And, you know, the first thing that I try to hammer home with any type of salesperson or class or whenever I step in front is. What do you want? when you walk into a store, do you want to be sold something or do you want to feel like this person helped me make the best decision possible? And, and really they're the same thing. Okay. But we look at being sold in a negative sense because how many times have we, we ourselves purchased something or ended up with something that we really didn't need, or it wasn't exactly what I wanted, or I overpaid for it, or, you know, there's so many different variables involved there. I, I use Best Buy as a, as a really good example, because when you go to Best Buy, they're, they're experts and specialists to help you answer your questions. They're not salespeople, right? We don't look at them as salespeople. They don't get paid by commission. There isn't really anything in for them except for to help you. But ultimately, what are they doing? They're selling you that camera, that TV. How? By communicating to you what the, the values of it are. They ask you questions. Well, what are you looking for? What size? Where is it going? Is surround sound important? And then they take those, those, those things that you want, your wants and needs and desires, and they match it with the correct product that, that fulfills that. Well, isn't that sales? So learning how to do that changes your 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 sales thing to a, a positive. And you, you know, your consumers will walk away with the thought of, you know what, he really helped me make the right decision. Instead of, you know, man, he sold me. I'm never going back there again. So, you know, I agree with you. That's why I teach a high school class and it's called confidence in communication, right? And I originally had the class titled confidence in sales <laughs> and I, I didn't get a lot of interest, right? Parents were scared to put their kids in it because, oh, I don't want my kid to be a salesperson. But ultimately, we're, we're all salespeople in every aspect of life. You know, we have to sell our kids on the concept of, you know, why is it important to do good in school? Why is it important to you know, brush your teeth, you're selling them on that, right? But we don't look at that as sales, but ultimately it is. It's so true because as you're saying that, I'm going through various buying and purchasing <laughs> decisions from my past. And now that I think about it, I think there's been times that I walked away, like almost feeling like I made a friend and right. thinking, oh, that, that, you know, that person was so cool and I was happy about my product. And maybe some of that was an act, but I have to believe some of that was because a sense of authenticity came through and we sort of had a shared expectation that they wanted to give me value and I wanted to get value. And I can think of other times when I walked away not quite feeling that. Yeah, you just you just you just use the term and a lot of and this this is really what it boils down to in how I teach and explain to people um, about communication, right? Because they go, well, how do you teach confidence in communication? Well, and you just named a pillar. Right, there are six pillars of communication, and one of them is authenticity. 
And you just spoke from a consumer's perspective of I walk away with the feeling that he was being, you know, of authenticity. And it's, oh, man, it's like it's right there in front of us at all times. And we just overlook it. Right. <laughs> right. And so do you think some of the negative emotions that people might have around that word sales come from just negative experiences dealing with salespeople who just either didn't view it that way or hadn't been taught that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our whole life and process with everything that we do um, is based on feeling, right? I mean, you know, we see things, we hear things, we touch things, but it's really, how do we feel about it inside? And, you know, and, and we've all done this. We've all walked into either a room, a restaurant, a, a place of business, something, and you get a feeling, right? We call it your gut feeling. Well, that's a that's an internal communication. That's something inside of you sensing something that just doesn't feel correct. And some people act on that and some people don't, but it, it's in your mind, right? So we apply it later on to other scenarios based upon that original sensation, right? So if you went through a sales process, so say we'll say buying a car, and it just felt wrong and you felt pressured and you felt like you were taken advantage of and that nobody had your best interests and there's a whole list of things, well, then you're gonna associate sales with a negative thing. Just like I mentioned micromanaging, right? So in the, in the military, everybody understands the military, you know, it's a very micromanaged environment, right? And that's why the military is as strong as it is, right? But then you get into the civilian world and, and it, it just turned from a, a positive to a negative. Oh, that manager's micromanaging me. I, I can't be micromanaged because somewhere along the line, someone took the word and associated it with a negative thought, right? That micromanage is bad. Where in reality, you know, if, I, if I'm like anyone else and most people, if they sat down and thought about it, they would realize this, that we're much more productive and we have a much better feeling about our production when we know exactly what we need to do, exactly how to do it. And we have someone that's holding us accountable to that. You know, just take eating healthy or working out, right? There's a, there's a statistically large increase in productivity and when someone works out on their own compared to someone working out with a trainer or a coach. It's because that person is not that they're, they may not even know more about exercise than you do, but they're holding you accountable. And, and it's so important. Some people want somebody to be there walking them through every step. And then there's others who want more autonomy. And I think it again, all comes back to communication and the smart leader, and I would say the smart sales manager, or even salesperson, has to be able to judge what level of communication each person requires. Yeah, 100%. It's, that's so true. Uh, I, I mean, I run into scenarios on a daily basis with all my clients that, you know, they, especially in, in a sales environment, retail sales, but I'm sure this happens in, in all walks of, of business. The the best salesperson, well, what do we do? Oh, he's got to be, we got to make him a manager. 
Well, it's there are two fundamentally different jobs. You can you can earn customers business all day long and be amazing at it. Now you have to manage a team of 10 people and and learn how to communicate just like you said and manage each one individually. That's not selling someone a product, right? That's totally different scenarios and you have to learn a whole new set of 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 skills in order to do that. So you're, you're, you're absolutely correct that the, the clarity, the communication is, is so important in everything that we do, whether it's from a, you know, a, a salesperson to a consumer or whether it's a manager to their employees. It's just, it's just part of life. Now, I'd like to ask you about your personal journey a little bit, because I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Now, you told us how you were in retail and you sort of rose through the ranks and then stepped away. My first question to you, what struggles came your way when you decided to make that jump? What was harder than you thought it would be? What made you really adapt to new circumstances? Well, you know, it was really learning and, and you kind of alluded to that from a manager and an employee standpoint was we're, we're always so focused and I was definitely focused on what I wanted, what I thought would work, what I thought was the best model. And what I found out pretty quickly through struggle is that, you know, you have to evaluate, right? So in the beginning days of my business, it was, okay, I have this process, I have this structure, we're going to implement it into your business and it's going to work, Right. You're going to listen to exactly what I say, how I say it. It's my whole plan and so on and so forth, right? To now, it's all about, okay, let's evaluate, right? So now when going in with a new client, my company, what we do is we evaluate what you're currently doing, right? So we take a step back and we take notes and we look for things. And and then because just like managing one employee compared to another employee, there are many businesses that are similar in what their product or service is that they offer, but they're all different in how they run, right? Internally, um, that external message, you know, and so on and so forth. So that evaluation is so key. Find out where they're at, what they're doing, how they're doing it, because everyone and every business is successful at a level. And you need to find out, okay, we're here, what can we add to get you to the next level, right? And that's really the ultimate goal. And the struggle was learning that, you know, putting my ego aside, not that I'm a, a big ego person to begin with, but just, you know, set, taking the time to set that aside and see that, that there are many differences and it's not just one cookie cutter that just fits, right? Like, here's the, here's the program. You know, um, just like this, I can I can talk all day long about process and how you can line up a process in your business so on and so forth. And people can take that information and try to implement it in their business. But you you need the aspects that my company brings to the table to really, you know, level that up. 
just like in your business, right? They, you can write a book, you can write a, a, a whole program on, if you follow this, you can get this, but add you and what you bring to the table into it, it's going to exponentially, you know, raise that. So it's important. And that's what really was my biggest challenge and struggle was learning that, you know, the evaluation part is the, probably the most important part of anything that you're ever going to do. And I found it's much more difficult to look inward and do that, (laughs) which is why, again, it's great to partner with an expert. It's funny. I sometimes laugh with people who do sort of what I do. We'll get together and somebody will sort of tell me their struggle and it will automatically become crystal clear. You should do A, B and C. And then I'll go to somebody else and tell them my struggles. And again, from an outside perspective, they'll just hit me with something in 10 seconds that I've been working on for three weeks. It's just (laughs) sort of funny how that works sometimes. It's easier to diagnose from outside, I think, sometimes. Oh, yes, definitely. It's it's difficult to look in the mirror, right? And, And see what's working and what's not working. And that leads me to another question. So you started this new business and now it sounds like just like I had to do and many other people do, you had to go from selling whatever your retail store sold to selling your own services and to a degree yourself. How does somebody do that? Knowledge, you know, um, I talk a lot about confidence and communication, right? So what, what really drives someone to talk about something and that's their knowledge in it. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a product or a service or if it's who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Right. So, you know, we talk what we're passionate about and we talk about what we know. So I had to really understand where I'm going into and that, that really goes back to what I just used on the last answer was the evaluation part, right? So, you know, I know what works for me and I know what worked for the businesses that I personally ran or managed at high levels. Um, So I can look at somebody's business and evaluate them and then institute different process changes and different suggestions and, you know, a whole list of things from a confident perspective because I know that has worked through trial and error and now through five plus years with you know hundreds of clients and seeing that that works so it's really how do you sell yourself how do you sell a product and it's it it really comes down to the confidence in what you're talking about right you know uh, you're a business owner you you have heard the elevator pitch right so you have you know, 30 or 30 to 45 seconds to pitch yourself or your product, your service. How do you do that? And that's, you have to know what it is in order to pitch it. Right. And you have to know how it works in order to pitch it. And, and that's lost in a lot of fields when it comes to, to sales, you know, they always think that it's, you know, well, it's a product here it goes bang. Right. Uh, You know, it's, it's a full package. People are purchasing. The product is what brings them there. The interest the person is what convinces them that this is the right product. And so, you know, selling the product and service are, are one in the same in my mind. You have to equally pay attention to 
what you're doing. I agree 100%, but I also think, and I, I would like to maybe push you a little bit further on this, and <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll disagree with me, but I think it goes beyond that for a lot of people. I'll give you an example. So I had the opportunity to do some career coaching with the next gen group, all younger professionals um, who are doing amazing things and eventually want to do bigger things. And I talked to them about the concept of self-promotion. And because they're all humble people, there's a degree of discomfort, I think, that comes into that. And also a degree of identity. In other words, if I sell myself as a product and I get rejected, boy, that hurts a lot more than selling a refrigerator and somebody telling me no. So you have any sort of feedback on that frame of thinking? Yes, I can definitely see that because, you know, one of my struggles throughout my whole life is always feeling like I'm the little boy in the room with all the grownups, right? Mm -hmm. And wow, am I on this playing field? Well, it's a confidence thing, right? And it's, it's reflection. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different. If you're 21 compared to I'm 46, right? There's, there's a list of things that I've experienced and gone through, and, and so on and so forth. But in the same aspect, even if you're 21 and you're in a position to where you're being referred to as either an expert or, you know, uh, one of the high levels in your field, or if somebody's asking you, a, just the fact that they're asking your opinion or question speaks volumes of what you bring to the table. And, and really that reflection and understanding and appreciation that you bring, right? So we tend, like you talk about being humble, you know, finding that that middle road. And again, I'm going to go back to the pillars of communication. It's being assertive, right? And when you hear of assertive, some people think of it in, you know, injecting yourself into something. But it's also an attitude, right? It's, you know, you cannot to, to really form proper communication. You can't be too passive. You can't be, oh, okay, right? But you, you don't want to be aggressive either. Like, we're doing it my way and that's it. You need to find that middle road. And it, that also applies to that self-promotion. And it is difficult. And I want people to come and, and want to work with me. But how do I get people to do that if I don't talk about it? Right? So it's that, that, that road that we have to kind of juggle and cross. Practice. Okay? So... Anything that we do in life, communication, education, sales, sports, uh, uh, riding a bicycle, cooking food, right? You know, you can make a cheeseburger today on the grill and tomorrow the, cheese, the second one's going to be better than the first, right? Because we're practicing. So practice the self-promotion. And you don't have to do it in front of people at first. Just, you know, make little videos by yourself and things like that. So that will build the confidence to do it right and you'll understand and you'll see that you're not necessarily losing who you are when you're talking about what you love doing because it's a service to others right we all have a voice we all have something to offer you know you you just talked about when you sit with colleagues i think that's so important i'm 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 not in competition with anyone right i think that that anyone that does what i do has some another element to bring to the table, just like I have an element to bring to the table. And 
learn from everyone and and understand that that's important. And if I don't speak up or if that, that young group of people that are humble, if they don't speak up, there's someone that is not gaining that knowledge that you have. And it's, it's almost a disservice, right? So, you know, I've gone through 46 years of trial and error at this point. I have a lot to offer. And just one word can help maybe one person somewhere in the world make a decision that alters their whole lives. And once I learned that and understood that, it makes it much easier to be self-promoting from the perspective of you're bringing service to others. That's amazing. That was so well said. I, I, I'm gonna, that's going to stick with me. Oh. <laughs> the, the one thing I love you that you said there was you don't lose who you are by talking about what you love. And that is so true. In fact, it might make you more fulfilled. It probably will. It's a, a great way to look at it. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, no, my pleasure. <laughs> and I also thought, you know, a famous quote when you were talking about humility in sales. I think it was Zig Ziglar. Uh, I don't know if you know Zig. I like he's an old. Yes. I think he said, I think it was him that said, timid salespeople have skinny kids. Uh, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I never heard that, but I love it. That's so. <laughs> So that, that, that always sticks in my mind a little bit. Now, time's flying by, but there's a, a, couple, of more, a couple more questions I'd love to talk to you because you've mentioned confidence a couple of times. Can confidence yeah. be taught? Yes, 100%. You know, how to, I, I, I'm a walking example of that. I was probably one of the most least confident person ever. And, you know, I kind of but was pushed into it by my own choice, I signed up for the military. And you cannot go into that world and not come out confident, right? You're going to learn how to run, how to climb, how to do things that, you know, you may never do again in your life, but it builds that confidence. And, you know, I'm going to reference an activity that unfortunately, no one's doing at this point in time, but um, Tough Mudders, uh, different confidence courses, right? That people go out, they're team building. They're so, there's so many important aspects about just that one activity and it's building that self-confidence. So when it comes to things outside, it's easy to associate that physical part to building confidence, but how do I build confidence in my conversation, right? Just one of the things that that I teach with my high school students and struggles that the high school students face. Cause I start all classes with a question. What is it? What is it that you're struggling with? What made you decide to click on this class and take this class? And what are you hoping to gain from it? And, you know, I would say 75 to 85% of them are, they're scared to raise their hand in class. They want to participate more with their groups of friends, things like that. Right. So why don't they, because they don't understand that there, there's things to learn about communication that gives you the confidence, right? Like I re- referenced the pillars and things. When you start to understand that I, I need to be assertive, and what does that mean? I need to listen better. And you, you, you mentioned Oscar Tromboli earlier. Okay, how do I listen better? Okay, being a better listener builds confidence because everything is a feeling. And the more I build confidence in myself, and I practice it in a conversation with you, 
I get that energy back from you. You're engaged. You're making eye contact with me. Uh, you just you you just gave me a very nice compliment about my one of my answers. That 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 feeling that 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 I get by you giving that to me creates confidence to speak more. And it's so important to apply practice, and that's what really teaches us to be more confident, right? We've always been taught that confidence is a feeling, is a word that, you know, oh, you need more confidence. Well, okay, I need more. How do I get it? Well, you get it with practice. You know, uh, I ask all the students, do you play a sport? Okay, so they play basketball. Remember the first time you picked up a basketball? Yes. Could you shoot the ball in the bed? No, I didn't even know how to. Okay. If you went out today, 10 years later, how do you shoot? Oh, I, I, I can hit three out of five, three point shots. Why? Because I'm more confident because you learned, you practiced, you went from not even knowing how to do it. You gained the knowledge in it and you practiced it to the point where you're confident in what you're doing. It's the same thing with communicating. Are there any other exercises other than playing sports, which I'm all for and I love the example, <laughs> uh, but any other exercises that people can do that would sort of help them communicate with confidence? Um, just, you know, just taking the first step, right? So I, I, I tell people practice, right? Practice. I, I wear a suit and tie every day. When I'm tying my tie, I'm talking in the mirror. Okay. Yes, I'm talking to myself. I understand that but you're saying the words, okay? You're saying, hi, how are you today? Welcome. You know, you're, you're doing the things that you have in a conversation, right? And then we all have friends and family. We have someone in our lives around us, right? So interact with them, you know, practice with the people that you know, pay attention to what, how they react, the facial expressions, what they say in return, Listen to what, because listening is such an important part, again, to communicating. Yes, we listen, we hear you, but are we? Are we really, you know, drinking water, paying attention, making that face, that focusing on the face, eliminating all the other distractions, cell phones, things like that, to really deeply listen and understand what someone's saying? So, you know, those are the, the, the other practice techniques. And then we... You know, there's a whole list of different games and and different um, activities that that in group settings we can do and we do with our sales teams and things like that uh, in order to build that. If it's a sales team, I put them face to face and you need to sell your peer. OK, because one of the hardest things for anyone to do is earn the trust and confidence of their peers to make a purchasing decision, right? And I tell them, once you can master that, the person that you see every single day, then any consumer that walks into that door is easy. They're a stranger. You know, you don't have to see them tomorrow and the next day and so on and so forth. So if you can really build that confidence with the, the hardest person in the room, then, you know, you're going you're gonna to really elevate. Or you can just go, to an open mic and be a comedian and step up on stage, right? That's good practice. So <laughs> yeah, it gets you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I've been meaning to do that actually. Maybe when they reopen, I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've always thought that would help me. So 
you mentioned Oscar Trimboli earlier. I just wanted to revisit that because I think our initial conversation was off air. But Oscar was a guest yeah. on my podcast episode. I'm not sure. I'll put it in my show notes. But you have a podcast. He was also an episode on your podcast, which leads me to my next question. How can people find you online? Per, uh, so I have my website, which is uh, Professional Success South. Uh, you mentioned the podcast. It's Get Focused with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. Uh, you know, I have a co-host and, you know, we interview many different people and we just talk about all different types of topics. And, you know, Oscar was one of our guests. And yeah, so, you know, really, those are the two main spots. Uh, you know, you can reach out to me, call me, text me, email me. I, I offer free consultation. So it's 15 minute conversation. Do I stick to the window of 15 minutes? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you a lie. If we're having a good conversation, it's going to go. But, you know, you can bounce some ideas off of me. I can give you some suggestions. And if, you know, someone decides to want to take a step further, we, we go further. So I, you know, I, one of the things I, I mentioned earlier was service, right? We have a voice. I'm a big believer in in the fact that you you receive what you give. And, you know, I, I live by that motto every day. So I love conversation. You know, hit me up and we'll we'll have a conversation. It's fantastic. And this has been a great conversation, which I have enjoyed. And I have one last question for you. Actually, two, yes. two questions. The last big <laughs> no question. If you could give one sentence of advice to the world about either communication or sales, what would it be? knowledge really really learn what it is that you want to portray you know and and then just build on that and you're always learning there is no top of the mountain we're always climbing i love it and what does the future hold for bill well you know just just building and expanding trying to to talk and reach as many people as possible or you know, or, or quality in, in what I bring. And like I said, I, you know, it's, it's always learning and building upon things. I, I understand and know more now than I did 10 years ago and whatever I learn, I just want to, to be that, that megaphone that, that helps bring it to others, you know, because it, what we do, what you do and, and I do is not for everyone. And, you know, just like there's a lot of things other people do, that's not for me. And if I'm going to do something, I want to do it as, as big as I can. Perfectly said. Well, thank you, Bill, for being with us today. I greatly appreciate it. And I think we all learned a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It's been very enjoyable. 